0: Triathlon Show 392. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I interview Professor Maria Francesca Piacentini from the University of Rome, Foro Italico. We discuss the science of wetsuit swimming, which, to be honest, there isn't uh, a whole lot of, but Maria Francesca and her team have relatively recently started working in this area and published uh, a literature review and a study in a group of elite triathletes to get started down the path of better understanding exactly how a wetsuit impacts uh, the performance, biomechanics, and the physiology of swimming uh, in a wetsuit compared to non-wetsuit conditions. There are still a lot of unknowns, but in this interview we discuss what is known today uh, from a scientific perspective and then we have a discussion on some potential practical applications but before we get into the interview big thanks to our sponsors precision fuel and hydration they help athletes perform at their best with electrolyte and fueling products and with free online tools education and and a patented sweat test you can use the free fuel and and hydration planner on their website to get a personalized plan for your carbohydrate sodium and fluid intake and you can also book a free 20 minute video consultation to chat through your plan with the athlete support team Uh, something i recently did for my hydration in particular which i had some uh, some struggles with to be honest and that was worked brilliantly Uh, in terms of products i have used their entire range of products for a long time and i think they're absolutely brilliant across the board and you can get 15% off your first order by using the code tt PS23 on PrecisionFuelAndHydration.com and thank you to Form. The Form Smart Swim goggles give you real time feedback in your swim training right on the goggle lens, including splits, pace, stroke rate, and heart rate. This means that you can execute your swim workouts so much better, whether it's about pushing harder when you're starting to fall off the pace or holding back when you're accidentally going faster than you should. It also means that if you're using a Garmin watch in the pool or another watch, then you can finally get rid of that because the goggles automatically notice when you start and stop each of your intervals and give you very accurate splits for each and every one. One of them without having to disrupt yourself with uh, trying to reach for the lap button on their watch. But most importantly for me, uh, the form goggles add some fun and motivation to my swimming and uh, makes me want to go to the pool more often because I just uh, can engage with the swimming while I'm doing it a bit more when I see my splits and so on. You can get 15% off the goggles with the code TTS15 on formswim.com forward slash TTS. Now without any further ado, here's the interview with Professor Maria Francesca Piacentini. Welcome to That Trafflon Show, Maria Francesca. How are you doing?
1: Uh, Thank you, Michael. I am doing very, very well, and I'm pleased to be at your podcast.
0: Uh, I'm excited to have this uh, chat with you. Uh, But first, before we get into the topic of wetsuits, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Uh,
1: Yes, I am a professor at the University of Rome for Italico, which uh, together with the other two European universities, they are the only three that are completely dedicated to sports science. And uh, I have been always interested in um, endurance sports already since my PhD studies that I did in Brussels, uh, working on central fatigue. Uh, What I really... Uh, I got into open water swimmer, swimming around 2015, and we realized with my former PhD student Roberto Baldassarre, that despite open water swimming was a discipline since tw- Olympic discipline since 2008, there was hardly anything in literature that could really help the athletes and coaches. Uh, I, for this reason, I got interested in the research on wetsuit, which is the topic of today mainly starting with my curiosity on open water swimmers because they are uh, good swimmers but not familiar with a wetsuit and have to use it for a very very long time so this was a bit our first research question.
0: Can you explain for those that are not familiar in the open water swimming competitions um, a lot of them are of course non-wetsuit depending on the on the water temperature so it's not like triathlon where we have a lot of races with a wetsuit so so that's why but I guess When you say that they are good swimmers, but they're not familiar with the wetsuit, it's because they really don't have to use it many times, but sometimes they do.
1: it is true. They don't use it many times. And the FINA just included it as a regulation only since 2017. So prior to that, actually, it was all without wetsuit. And it really depends on water temperature. And it's a bit more stringent, I would say, than uh, what you use with triathletes. Uh, Just as an example... um, um, Last weekend in Sardinia, there was a race and uh, they, uh, the the wetsuit was utilized, but normally in that race, it wouldn't be utilized. So it really then depends, of course, on water temperature and on the atmospheric conditions that, of course, um, have an impact also on the water temperature.
0: Okay, yeah. So, so let's get into some of the research that uh, you have done, and also that you have summarized. And maybe we can start with the. You did an overview, a systematic review of the of the literature, and uh, maybe can you give an overview of uh, why you uh, or what what you looked at in that overview, basically?
1: Yes, we uh, were interested before starting our research in understanding what had been done. Uh, with the wetsuit uh, so um, basically I can summarize just to go short but then I will go a bit more in detail that um, first of all I have to say that wetsuits is uh, made of a substance that's called neoprene and it is a synthetic rubble, r- rubber that contains uh, the bubble so uh, basically the use of wetsuit as we were saying before is uh, necessary for uh, storing heat and uh, after that, of course, uh, people realize, and I think the athletes themselves just realize that as they put a wetsuit on, they just feel that their legs are not sinking as much and that they actually go faster. So we looked a bit into what has been done in the literature on wetsuit use, and uh, we saw that, yes, you do go faster with a wetsuit. It is true what you know the athletes perceive when they're actually uh, swimming with a wetsuit. And this is due to several factors, and I will just summarize three. And I thought that uh, just saying also how the wetsuit was, what it's made of, can have also uh, an impact a bit on understanding a bit what happens when you put a wetsuit on. So first of all, we do swim uh, faster because we increase buoyancy. So it's a bit how much you float. And uh, that is the uh, force that we get when we're swimming from below and that keeps us up but normally very uh, not very good swimmers has a bit the swim that what we call the sinking legs so the fact that the wetsuit helps your legs to remain a bit horizontal actually what uh, the impact that it has it uh, decreases the frontal area and this actually decreases or reduces the drag that is basically the resistance that the water exerts while we are actually uh, moving forward, so having a better streamline, I would say, so a better horizontal position actually helps in the way to reduce the resistances we get in advance in advancing in the water. Another um, um, aspect that has been shown already is that there is a uh, reduction also in the drag that's called that caused by friction. So basically. Um, how the fluid uh, reacts against the surface of an object that's moving into the fluid. This is, uh, for example, you know, hair, uh, your clothes, your, your, your skin. So already the material with which a a wetsuit is done decreases uh, this friction drag. And the third one, which is not least of importance, of course, is that it actually increases propellant proficiency that um, is, a bit a measure of your um stroke efficiency. So it seems, but this depends a bit on the speed at which uh tests have been done with suit, that it has an effect on the stroke length. So how much you advance with each with each stroke. And this is calculated by an index that is called the stroke index, that is speed times uh the stroke length. So it is, as I was saying, an indirect measure of your stroke efficiency. So all these three. Have a great impact on the energy cost, basically, and basically they do increase performance. And athletes feel also less fatigued while, while they swim with a swimsuit, with a wetsuit.
0: Can, can I can I stop you there for just one yeah, follow up? Of course. What what is the magnitude of the I- increase in speed, uh, roughly, when we look at the, the studies that have been done?
1: Um, this is a very interesting question. Uh, between six and eleven percent, but it really depends. Um, on some factors that I will be explaining a bit later, if you may. But that really depends on the length. Of course, it might be a, a more in a longer task, less, of course, in a shorter task. And it really depends on the speed uh, and also on the ability of the swimmer that if this magnitude is, let's say, amplified or not.
0: Yeah, so weaker swimmers will get a bigger benefit.
1: And Normally, yes, because, of course... Weaker swimmers are the ones that are positioned in the water in a less efficient way, I would say. So they benefit more also from a correct positioning. And also they are the ones that don't go that fast because they're weaker swimmers. And also the speed with which you actually move can help uh, your, what is called the hydrostatic lift. So your legs will just go go, uh, further up just by increasing speed
0: Mm. and then the other follow up is when when you say that the stroke efficiency stroke length uh, improves with the wetsuit is that uh, independent independent of the fact that uh, you have the decreased drag or because it could be like, of course, it could be just because you are decreasing the, the friction drag and the pressure drag and, and you have less sinky legs. But is this something that has been uh, confirmed that it is independent o- also of those variables you get a, a better efficiency of your stroke?
1: Um, it, of course, depends a lot on the, the previous two uh, parameters, uh, but it actually also um uh, Yes, uh, in basically it's due to these two parameters and also the fact that all three uh, uh, together reduce the energy cost of swimming. So you actually have a lower oxygen consumption during uh, your swimming with a wetsuit. So I believe it's correct.
0: Okay, uh, thank you. So uh, yeah, please continue where you uh, left off. Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so well, to synthesize the effects on performance, I just would say that uh, with a wetsuit, it is correct to go faster. You are positioned better in the water. Uh, you um, have a more efficient stroke, And I was saying. So as I was already saying, most athletes already perceive that as they actually use a wetsuit. And uh, at the same speed... So if I do a test with and without a wetsuit at the same speed, I would just see, as I was saying, a decrease in energy cost and a reduced perceived exertion. So people actually uh, feel less fatigued. They perceive it as less fatigued. Vice versa, if I have a distance to cover, then I will cover it in uh, a less amount of time. So that's how it increases performance
0: got it um and uh let me see here uh is there anything else in terms of uh let's say the physiological or biomechanical variables that uh, that you think is important to to summarize from the literature review or do you want to go on to the study that you conducted well
1: i uh, will probably just summarize a bit because uh you swim faster because of of course what i was saying uh so physiological parameters that have been measured as i was saying are the oxygen co- uh, at sub at submaximal and stable speeds and also the velocity at vo2 max or at lactate threshold actually if you do a test with the wetsuit are higher so of course this makes you understand how you can go faster. From a a biomechanical point of view, I was saying there is already a difference in the stroke uh, rate and stroke length that really just, Depends a bit, honestly, on on the speed of which the the tests ha- have been done, and on this, I was just saying one thing before saying, okay, it is like this because it is very difficult to say this is exactly how it works because uh, results are still a bit discordant on how stroke rate and stroke length change with uh, wetsuit or non wetsuit, also in the magnitude of the changes because um, comparing different protocols. Different speeds and different lengths of the tests, of course, has an impact uh, because just by increasing speed uh, with two different protocols, of course, I already have a change in stroke length and stroke uh, rate. Another point I did not mention before is normally it's seen, and I will get to this also later when I will talk about the results of the study, you get a lower number of kicks per stroke cycle. As much as it seems unimportant, because most triathletes just forget that they have legs when they're swimming, but it is important because then you kind of preserve uh, your legs also for the other parts of the triathlon. And again, the wetsuit, uh, let's say, Beating, uh, kicking faster or more uh, kicks per cycle actually also is one of those things that help you a bit also maintain a correct position. So this is already given by the wetsuit. This is why you can also decrease uh, the kick count. Perceptually speaking, I already said, you do have a decrease in perceived effort, but, and this is something I will get back to later, uh, I think it's an interesting point. A lot of athletes just perceive a higher discomfort while swimming with a wetsuit. And I will get to back this, uh, back to this later because I think it's an important issue also when we are looking at the populations that have been tested. So overall, yes, performance increases. And as reported by uh, uh, Millet and uh, Veronica Fleck that have uh, been uh, uh, important researchers also in the field of triathlon, uh, the, benefit- the benefits of wet should have been seen also in the um, ITU triathlon races, some decades ago, so it has been already seen that performances increased also in the decades with the use of wetsuit, meaning also that if we compare it now, um, let's say performances are even magnified probably uh, because uh, of the technological uh, technological improvements in the wetsuit design, meaning that when I was talking about discomfort, also this has changed a bit. So. Probably uh, the new generation of wetsuits are also less uh, or more comfortable, I would say, and uh, compared to the previous decade. So this is something also that we need to take into comp- in consideration when comparing such a long time span of research on wetsuit use.
0: That makes sense, and uh, I guess just to wrap up this part of uh, of the questioning with the literature review, when you kind of think about all the literature and or when you put put it together put together the review what were the things that you came away thinking that or and writing in the conclusions or discussion that okay these are open questions that we should aim to to answer in future research or these are big limitations of the current studies that have been done and that we should try to address in future studies can you hi- highlight some of those issues
1: yes of course um Before answering to that, I just want to make a small comment because I was talking about the populations that have been tested because in a way we have a population, normally triathletes have been compared or pool swimmers have been utilized basically. Only one study on open water swimmers, which is a bit bizarre because they are the ones that then will actually use it. So what happens is you have pool swimmers that are very good swimmers so, they normally, of course, have a good buoyancy and so on, a good uh, stroke efficiency, but they feel more discomfort with the wetsuit. On the other side, you have triathletes who are less, let's say, efficient swimmers, normally, not all, but they feel more comfortable with the wetsuit. So, then it's always difficult to put all this information together. Also, the body composition of triathletes and pool swimmers is slightly different. And this, of course, has an effect on buoyancy and on the magnitude on the effects that you already see, for example, in this population. So this is a bit of limitation, I think, in the literature. So it's important to compare always the same population that will be then basically utilizing a wetsuit. Because it's true, triathletes have more of an effect in uh, stroke efficiency and kick count and all those that you know, the swimmer already has naturally. Um, What I think could be actually interesting to look at is, in my opinion, um, the tests done in the true environmental setting. So most studies have been done in the swimming pool in plus or minus 28 degree. There is only one study, pretty recent actually, from the Portuguese group that uh, looked at different water temperatures in open water swimming. But of course, if you need to use some devices and and it's more complicated to do it in open water swimming, specifically in the non-wetsuit situation. I would be much interested in sex differences because uh, male and females have different buoyancy, for example. So there's really nothing on that. And they already have a different ratio between stroke length and stroke rate. Age group differences or, and or expertise in swimming has never been actually seen in the age group triathlete population, I'm saying. And basically, uh, the last point, which is not the least because it's what led us to our study is uh, the uh, effect on longer tasks. Why? Because, um, we thought, well, could it be that on longer tasks, At the end, you might see more detrimental effects because it changes a bit motor coordination. Uh, So uh, longer tasks have been studied, uh, 1500 meter and or uh, longer studies, but not, let's say, with all the variables that we were interested in. We looked at some parameters that had already been seen in literature. Uh, So I agree that there was nothing new there, but we were more interested in seeing how the at, if the athletes changed, let's say, their swimming pattern in these two different situations that could, on the long run, maybe fatigue them more with the wetsuit.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's a great segue into discussing about uh, this study that you conducted. So can you yeah, describe a bit more what the protocol was exactly and, yes. and uh, demographic?
1: So uh, the first point is that the objective of the study was to evaluate uh, the effects of a full body uh, white suit because, of course, there are differences between full and, and sleeveless on uh, biomechanical, physiological, and perceptual variables during a long test that was segmented, I would say. So, it's a seven times 200 meter with one uh, minute recovery. All 200 meters had to be done at the same speed at their 1,500 meter race pace, uh, which was reported by the athletes themselves. And um, with and without the wetsuit. So this gave us, before then I go more in the methodological parts, gave us an idea of a normalizing speed so we actually can measure the differences between wetsuits and non-wetsuit condition. But the second point I think is extremely interesting and probably the most novel is to see within the same task, so within the 7 times 200 meter, how uh, the biomechanics and the physiology changes with fatigue, you know, with with your last 200 meters to see if there is a big difference in wetsuit and non-wetsuit condition. I think this is probably the most novel part of, of our, of our study. So, uh, we, uh, recruited well-trained triathletes, uh, 15 at the beginning and, uh, four were, uh, This discarded at the end because we asked all athletes to have the same speed as I was saying in both situations, which could be a bit harder in the wetsuit situations for some uh, of the athletes. And if the time difference was more than 3%, they were actually uh, discarded. Each athlete performed the protocol twice and we... um, in a counterbalance over order, of course, and uh, we had they had a heart rate monitor, a strap. We measured RP before, during, after each two hundred meter, and at the end. And then the test was also recorded by an underwater camera, so we would actually uh, were able to uh, uh, measure some of the uh, parameters I was talking about before, like stroke length, stroke rate, kick count, uh, the stroke index, which I was uh, talking about before. And uh, yeah, basically, these are the parameters that we looked at.
0: Great. Um, yeah, so uh, what did you find then? what were the results mm-hmm. on the study?
1: So again, um, I will first try to summarize the results that we had uh, within, uh, the let's say, the differences between a, a, a wetsuit and a non-wetsuit condition. So we see already some differences because the trunk incline, for example, that just gives us an idea of the positioning of the body within the water, the kick count, so a lower number of kicks per cycle, the breathing count, heart rate, and all, and rating of perceived exertion were lower for uh, each 200 meter in the um, wetsuit conditions compared to the swimsuit condition. So why is this important? I was saying, trunk inclined already tells us that they were positioned better in the water. They had a lower kicking count per cycle, and as I was t- saying before, it helps uh, most probably these athletes also in the other parts of the um, of the uh, race. Breathing count is important because, uh, let's say, it kind of disrupts the correct streamline. So uh, the fact that you're breathing more often and heart rate is a physiological measure of internal training load as well as a rating of perceived exertion. So it just tells us that basically at the same speed, uh, they were fatiguing less. And on the other hand, what increased, so was the stroke length as it had already been seen, and I was have been talking before. And the stroke index, of course, given that the speed was the same in the wetsuit was higher than in the um, swimsuit condition. Within each task, and I think this is important, uh, we saw that uh, some parameters basically increased in the swimsuit condition only. So, for example, rating of perceived exertion, breathing count, uh, heart rate and um, basically increased in the swimsuit only and not in the wetsuit situation. So meaning that at the end of the task, they were more fatigued in the swimsuit situation rather than the wetsuit situation, given all that ha- we have been talking about before. So of course, they had a decreased buoyancy in the swimsuit situation and so on. And uh stroke index and stroke length uh decreased significantly in the swimsuit situation. So the stroke length was uh, decreased with fatigue in the swim situation, but not in the wetsuit situation. And I think this kind of summarizes a bit uh, what we were saying before, and uh, it kind of pinpoints again what are the most important effects of the wetsuit
0: yeah yeah exactly and it shows as you hypothesized, that uh or as as we talked about before that with longer tasks the the wetsuit might be even even more important and and who knows how big the difference would have been if you had done uh 15 times 200 or or something like that or uh, 19 times 200 like an, an ironman swim so that could have been that is uh,
1: uh i think a very interesting point we um did the study, of course, in collaboration also with uh, Triathlon Federation. So, um, of course, we did something that they were familiar with and that they um, could actually use in terms of practical application. But this is a very good point on very longer tasks. But, again, I was saying my original question came from the open water world. So, you know, even in two hours, and uh, a two-hour swim would be extremely interesting, interesting specifically because the open water swimmers tend to change – pace towards the end of the race so they have this really big increase in speed so uh, to see if they they feel the short shoulder constraints if they feel uncomfortable with it and then things like that
0: and uh, but did you asked for that in the study the perceived mm-hmm. comfort right yeah. that, so what did you find on that but- count
1: at the end, they, they they seemed pretty much, let's say, comfortable, so they, they did not have a negative perceived comfort. They were all wearing their own uh, wetsuit, which, again, they were familiar with, and this is an important, uh, let's say, outcome I would like to stress out here, because familiarization is a pre- prerequisite you know, to feel comfortable and then to find also these effects. I mean, you find them also without familiarization, of course, but... Uh, Sometimes the discomfort can be also a bit more, so that's why it is very important to, um, let's say, uh, train uh, with your wetsuit and really get familiar with your race kit and race situation. Uh, the last point is again, uh, the wa- they they f- did not they felt comfortable with the wetsuit. Again, swimming in a wet with a wetsuit in a twenty eight degree pool is it's not like the best situation you would be looking for
0: yeah no, absolutely one thing we didn't mention that i think is quite important to point out is that they used a Finnish tempo trainer so yeah. so they could control their pacing uh easily with with that device to to keep them on on pace so uh that wasn't a confounding factor or anything um so what conclusions and discussion points or practical applications would you then draw from this study or what future uh research did you think that okay this is the next step for us to work on uh
1: yes Uh, in terms of practical applications i think um it's important for uh, it's important for athletes to train triathletes to train with the wetsuits uh so that they get comfortable with it also in longer tasks it does not change what that was the main, another main point of our study, what is called uh, the motor coordination, that is uh, an index that has been um, um, put forward by Chalet already in the early 2000s. That's a bit hard, the synchronization in your um, upper limbs, uh, so... Our our point was like if you go faster or sometimes it may happen that with a swim a wetsuit it, it just could change. So the fact that it doesn't change its motor coordination and makes us also think that the uh um the mass the muscle activation it's pretty similar. So it will not disrupt or fatigue, let's say, other muscles. If you train with a wetsuit very close to competition, this was a bit one of our, let's say, practical applications. So we feel to say that also if close to competition, you want to try uh, your wetsuit for longer or shorter tasks, um, that is okay in, in terms that it will not, let's say, disrupt this point. I think it's important for triathletes to... Uh, Train with a wetsuit, but not not only close to competition, and with the race kit. So with a tree suit uh, underneath, so that they're comfortable uh, with the whole situation, and possibly when possible, not all countries. And not all countries, of course, it's possible just before the first races in April or May to try to train in open water. Uh, because that's where they will be racing, because also getting familiar with cold waters, because it's a prerequisite if you're actually using a wetsuit, is uh, extremely important. And um, I think this is uh, the most important uh, part to get really familiarized with your wetsuit. And um, I think this is, let's say, my, my, the practical applications that we can come up with uh, the results of our study. As to how to proceed... Uh, well, as I was saying, I would be interested to do again, more and longer tasks, possibly with age group, athletes, also also different expertise level and, um, and also eventually on open water swimmers, if, uh, if they think this could be an interesting study, but I think the longer task for them, um, would be a good, uh, also index of, of how to include, uh, wetsuits also in their training.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, no, I think that's a that's a really great summary. I I just want to reiterate what you said there. That I I completely agree. It's important to practice with the wetsuit, and and the more you do it, the more familiar you become. And and what you mentioned there with training in the entire race kit with the tri suit, I think that's that's something that is uh, equally important because that's where I feel a lot of uh, athletes maybe. They miss out on that. They train. They might train in their wetsuit, but if they don't train in their tri suit and they have a really kind of aerodynamic uh, for the bike tri suit, but it's quite constricted or constricting for their shoulder mobility, then they might get to race day and not be at all used to that feeling. So, so I think that's a really good point that you. That you bring up there,
1: yeah, and I think it's another important point because then you see people stop. And T one is practice your wetsuit, but practice also to take out your wetsuit because also when it's and not only because they're very tight now, but also because uh, when you swim in cold water, sometimes uh, really you can have difficulty uh, if, if the really cold waters. Just uh, trying to unzip it and and, and move it a bit.
0: Yeah, no, uh, that's an excellent point. Uh, Is there anything else regarding wetsuits, whether it's practical or research, anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should highlight?
1: I think uh, we covered pretty much everything. Uh, For what is known now, of course, uh, there is a lot of literature there. So of course, I was not able to summarize everything that has been done. Probably a bit more studies and real situation I was saying, I think that would really, really help uh, the world. of of triathletes so in open water and in in colder water temperatures because already the physiology changes a bit when the water is colder so we really need to know how it's affected with and without a wetsuit
0: yeah so let's do the rapid fire questions then and the first one is what is your favorite book or resource related to endurance sports (laughs)
1: Okay, I, I will not mention any uh, textbook because there are so many very nice textbooks. And uh, so I would not have a preference there. I just like uh, to read books about endurance athletes. Uh, and uh, well, one, actually I'm mentioning two that are in Italian, but uh, one is from our former Olympic champion um, gold medalist in 2004, Stefano Baldini. And it's called Le Pieri. And the other I, that I found really, really nice was a book regarding uh, shiz- uh, Shizu Kanakuri, that is the Olympic Japanese Olympic athlete that uh, did not finish the 1912 Stockholm Marathon, as, although he was the favorite. And, uh, well, it's a very nice story. And they asked him to finish it. And so it took him 54 years, eight uh, months, and six days to finish this marathon. But it's a fascinating story. What I like about these biographies and the stories to really understand the training that has been done to arrive at a certain point, and then, of course, what's all around performance, because you really um, have the feelings of the athlete. So I think this is a very, very nice point of view, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, excellent. And what is an important habit that you've benefited from athletically, professionally or personally?
1: Um, it's, I like to have a bit everything uh, under control. So I like to, you know, always be kind of well prepared and uh, make sure that everything turns out um, well, which is also a backfire, because if something doesn't go the way you want, then of course, uh, you might not always be very well prepared. So that's something I have to train on a bit.
0: And finally, who's somebody that you look up to or that has inspired you?
1: Well, um, of course, there are a lot of people that list would be, of course, very long. But um, I think I, sh- I ha- like to mention my uh, PhD uh, mentor and supervisor, which is Professor Mason from the Free University of Brussels. Because apart from the scientific um, input that I received from him as a PhD student and further on in my career, I think, and that's very important for me professionally as a professor, as a mentorship, it's very important that um, you have something, you, somebody you can really look up to, and um, that's really helpful for you in certain moments of your career so uh for that of course i thank him and i think uh, um, i can say without any doubt that it's
0: him perfect and finally uh where can listeners follow you in terms of social media social media for example yeah um
1: yeah i am not a social media person but i have uh, (laughs) i don't uh, i have a twitter account uh, which uh I do not know by heart in terms of uh, name. Yeah, Maybe
0: I actually, can... I, I, I can, I can put it in the show notes. I don't remember the handle, but I found, I found it. So, so I have it. Okay. And, and I think, I think you have ResearchGate as well. Oh yeah, and... of
1: course. Yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, ResearchGate, yes, it's um, ResearchGate for what is research and 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 Twitter account and uh, yeah, yeah,
0: that's yeah. it. Yes, yeah progress. i think i think the the main one really because some of the uh the studies here that we talked about are not open access but maybe through research gate people can can get access oh yeah to
1: they you know you can ask um, and uh right. i think that's uh that's nice. Um, I think, and thanks to you also, Michael, because they, you know, these, this research that might just remain in a, in a small domain of people reading it actually gets spread out. So I think, uh, uh, if you really want to, as, as we do our, my work, that's a sports scientist and you really want to reach out, you know, to people and help them and what they do. And if the research just remains in a, and, and, you know, within a, a small number of people, it's not really doing any, any good. So.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And that is the goal indeed. Uh, Thank you so much, Maria Francesca. It was uh, great to chat to you and hope to do it again another time. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that interview. As always, you can find the show notes on scientifictriathlon.com with uh, all of the links mentioned in the episode. Next Monday, I interview Michele Sanini, who has done a lot of research into running economy and durability at the University of Loughborough. And he also talks about his role as a physiologist with the Italian Triathlon Federation and about working with legendary running coach uh, Renato Canova. So make sure you hit that subscribe button if you aren't already subscribed to make sure that you get all of the new episodes as they are released. If you want to improve your triathlon performance and want help to achieve your goals, then consider working with a scientific triathlon coach or training plan. We have options for athletes of all different levels and for different budgets and no matter what your goal is. A few points that I want to highlight is that we have no minimum commitment term nor any startup fees for coaching. And for the training plans, we have a 100% satisfaction guarantee for plans purchased directly on our website. And we have an exchange guarantee so that you can exchange your plan for another plan if you purchase through Training Peaks. We also have consultation and customized plan options, so there's something for everyone. You can find out more and contact us on scientifictriathlon.com so we can discuss your goals and needs and see what's best for you. Finally, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Fuel and Hydration, that you can find on precisionfuelandhydration.com. If you're looking for electrolytes and fueling products, I would highly recommend trying them out. You can use their free fuel and hydration planner or even a free video consultation with the team to prepare your race strategy. And don't forget to take 15% off your first order with the code TT tts23 and thank you to form that you can find on formswim.com forward slash tts improve your swim training with real-time metrics like pace stroke rate and heart rate and advanced post swim analysis use the code tts15 to get 50% off the form smart swim goggles thank you as always for listening keep training smart and keep loving craft long